0: Feels like progress. The Chime credit bill Visa credit card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members of FDIC. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Why you should be in real estate is a 15-minute conversation. Mm -hmm. How real estate could change your life is another 15-minute conversation. But what you do when you get into real estate far as setting up that real estate correctly and now setting up your trust and everything correctly yeah that's a lifetime conversation yeah yeah, yeah here's yeah. the big picture yeah, yeah. see every time we go into this room yeah. that's when i light up right because yeah, yeah, yeah. real estate is like oh yeah i could talk about real estate all day yeah but yeah. am i helping you create wealth mm. no i'm not yeah so when somebody says yeah buy your house man create generational wealth yeah like bro no you're yeah. deceiving people yeah, it's deep buying deep. one house does not create generational wealth for yeah. you no yeah. It's a gateway to start doing things the right way to, to eventually go in a legacy wealth building, right? There's a difference between, yo, I'm doing good. Mm. There's a difference between we doing great. Mm. And then there's a way difference when you hear about a family, you going, they're well off. Mm. See the power of that. Yo, how you, how you, yo, we good. They good. Yeah, now how's it, nah, we great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, how's that family? Yo, they well off. Mm. Where are you at? Mm. Where do you want to be? Ooh. When you hear the name Rockefellers Ooh. and Rothschilds and all Ooh. this, like Gucci, Ooh. Fendi, all these big... Yep. It's like, what, you think you can't be there? Mm. They well off. Yeah. Why you can't be well off? Yeah. Why do you just want to be good? Mm. Or why great? Mm. That's fine. But when you start... I always say this too, bro. When you start thinking about the generations of the kids you can't
2: see, mm. you respond different, mm. man wait, 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 wait. I know you want to watch this next video, but listen, if you are an entrepreneur, business coach, business consultant, or a small business owner who has a story and wants to learn how to create multiple streams of income from your story, I need you to text me right now my book to 646-687-4152. That is my personal number. I have been an author for over 12 years. I've written 10 books. Four of them have been bestsellers and I've sold over 100,000 books, but I've also helped a lot of my clients take their expertise and put it into a story, then create multiple streams of income from that. So, I want to help you do the same thing. So, text my book to 646-687-4152. All right, all right let's go back to the video. Pay attention and listen we about the teach class. Inside the boat, my man asked cast. So, get your man right. Thursday night. Hey, seeing me, change all millionaire mindset the best on earth. Blue- this episode is sponsored by Greenwood Bank. get wealth, and knowledge network. Forget it while you can, and he's standing right here. Just come inside the vote and see black millionaires. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Come inside the vote and see black millionaires. Oh yeah. Oh, all yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You won't ask cash, you can catch it right here in the fall All right, welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. When I tell you, you are going to be inspired, motivated, and moved by this episode. Um, For a long time, I've I've kept my my OGs, my mentors to myself, Uh, but this is somebody who has personally advised me on a real estate tip, on trust, wills, all of that, all of the above, but most importantly, He became a millionaire while working a nine to five. So I know that you are gonna get value out of it because the number one question I get is how can I create wealth while still having a job? And there is a lot of job shaming, entrepreneurship shaming. People make it seem like there's one way to skin a cat, like you have to be an entrepreneur. But this guy, the living legend, Mr. Storm Leroy is in the building, my brother. Bro, what's up? What's oh, up? Oh man, finally, man. Man? man. Let
1: me get comfy in here. Man, man. It took a minute. Man, we
2: man, man. We got it done. Man, we got it done, man. Got it done, I'm here. And so, um, you know, this is a I, I already know that they're gonna have to rewind this episode over nice. and over because nice. the the level of of game that you about to spit is like is gonna get, go crazy. But before we even go there, um for those who don't know, yeah. Who is Storm Leroy?
1: Wow. Okay. That's a, that's a great question. I'm Storm Leroy. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I've been in real estate for over 20 years. Um, I worked for a telephone company. My ambition, I've really been inspired to do two other things throughout my life. You know, I've, I've always been motivated to be an entrepreneur. You know, I started out with doing hacking and computers, and my brain expanded from there. I got into a little mischief with back, if people remember the, the flip phones and all that stuff, and then I went and opened up a barber shop. I always wanted to, to, to do my own thing. I never really believed in the conventional way of making money, you know what I mean? So being inspired by my dad, who instilled in me that, that saying, he always would say to me, don't pay anyone's mortgage. Don't pay anyone's mortgage. Right, and even though we didn't own our own house, he still understood the value of home ownership. Right, and the reason why we didn't own our own home is because my dad came from the South. My dad had like an eighth grade education. He came and started doing construction work. My dad was always a hard worker. So we moved here to Brooklyn. He was back in in the days, there was times when people would stand outside, just like how they, they would do at Home Depot to try to get jobs. My dad would be out there at the job sites. So my dad was real strong. In Brooklyn, there's a hospital called Woodhall. So he was standing out there, he ended up getting a job working Woodhall to do the construction building this hospital, right? So at the time of building this hospital, he would always come home and tell me, take my boots off, take my boots off. So I had eight brothers, it was eight of us, it was 10 of us in total. Take my boots off, take, your bo- take my boots off. So I would take them off, go back outside and play, take them off, but one day, while working, he gets caved in while digging a ditch. So they bring him home. From the waist down, he's covered in dirt. They bring him, carry him in. Remember, there was no unions, there was none of that. He wasn't even supposed to be working there. Bring him in, drop him off in the living room, sit him down, but he still calls me in to take his boots off. Get in there, take his boots off. So he says to me, while I'm taking his boots off, you know why I ask you to do this every time? So remember, he's all muddy, hurt up. So I look up at, look up at him and I go, why? He says, because I don't want you to go through what you see me going through. Wow. Hit me. Wow. Hit me. I was probably I was probably about eight years old then. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, eight years old. Yeah. So from that moment there, I said, all right, there's something he's trying to give to me, yeah. but I couldn't get it because I was eight years old. So as time goes on, I was always motivated to do different things. I was always into electronics, trying to uh, baseball cards, selling wow. them, all of that. So now let me fast forward a little bit more. I got into the phase where I said to myself, you know what? Now it's time for me to start working. I wanted to make my own money, so I went packing bags, local stores doing my thing, move a little bit faster, I get my own apartment. So now it hits me, I start paying rent for the first time. I say, yo, this ain't, this don't feel good. Right, right. Something's wrong with this. Yeah. And he chose me to deliver this message in, not like either my brothers or sisters were inferior to me, It's just. People had different, you know, you could sense that thing in some people. Yeah. Some are great artists, some, are inter- some entertain, some do this. I just was more business. Yeah. So once I got that first place, I said, I can't do this, I gotta buy me a property. Mm. I have to buy me a property. Mm. So I got my first property in New York, in Brooklyn, 99. Mm-hmm. Mm. My first brownstone. Yeah. Got that for like 350,000, 350,000 now today, that building is worth 1.5, 1.7 million dollars. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So but when I got that building, there was a thing we, they was giving everybody a mortgage who wanted one. Yeah. right So that was the easy part. But the game was, when you get a property, now you get a construction loan, take that construction loan for about 150, go buy you another brownstone.. Mm-hmm. Yeah go buy you another. So that was the game we was doing. Yeah. So I ended up buying another one and another one. But, but, but let me, uh, inter, let me interject and throw this out. Yeah. Before I got my first property back in 99, around 95, mm. that's when it really hit me because I wanted to do real estate. I wanted to look at, I went to go look at a property on Bergen and Washington in Brooklyn, which is a, a very nice area. Yeah. The problem I did, the problem which happened when I went to look at that property, I took two people with me mm. Who didn't see my vision Mm, so with that being said I I encourage people if you have something you want to do have like-minded people around you or going with you to see the vision because you can have a hundred reasons why you should do something Mm. but all it takes is that one and somebody to confirm the one reason you shouldn't do it and guess what you won't do it even
2: though you have a hundred reasons yeah 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 and so now uh, you go look at this brownstone. You get talked out of it, right? Um, and and now four years later, though, you said I'm gonna take advantage of it. What what was that spark that said, you know what? I shouldn't have listened to them four years ago.
1: What it was this time around for me was my conviction of knowing that this was the, this was it. Yeah. You know, back in the '90s. There was uh, the HUDs, and they would HUD, the housing development, they would knock on doors, yeah. asking people to buy your homes, 80000 to buy the lots. Yeah. You know, a lot of people know this was in many states. Yeah. Buy the lot for $5, $100, yeah. just keep it clean, pay the taxes. Right. But we didn't believe in our neighborhoods because of what we saw. Yeah, because even Harlem, the they, were yeah. they
2: were selling them for a dollar. So you know, that's right, you from Harlem, so you know what it was.
1: They were selling them for a dollar, but yeah. we saw the crack, right. we saw the drugs. Right. So once they came in, we were like, I, I say gonna never change, yeah, yeah. so we didn't buy him. Yeah. But all they had to do was live up to a commitment of how many people mm-hmm. they would sign or how many people they would go around, and then these offers could be made to people who don't look like us. Yeah. This is where gentrification comes yeah, in now, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But what, what, uh, let me stick to that question you asked. Yeah. When I, What moved me to buy that property then was I had a friend in real estate who was a realtor, and he was like, yo, real estate is banging in Brooklyn, blah, blah, blah. I said, yo, man, I want to really get into real estate. I said, I got a spot over here in Brooklyn. Come check it out. Mm-hmm. I went to go look at the place. Automatically, I said, yo, I'm getting this spot, bro. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah, nothing's yeah, stopping yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah. yo, you have every reason why. Because I sold this place and this is going to happen and this and this. Yeah. You know, it, it was still a little shaky. Yeah. But he knew the vision of where it was going, yeah. so I bought that one place. Yeah. Then, like I said, I bought another place after that. Yeah. But what I did was, when I bought that place, I gutted it. Mm. I gutted it from the first floor, from the basement, All the way up to the roof, the brownstone. Ripped out all the plumbing, the electric. And I said, you know what? Because when I do this place, I don't want to have to worry about coming back in to fix it. Mm. So that was amazing. Like I'm standing in the basement looking all the way up at the roof going, yo, I gutted this whole joint. But you know what also said to me? I don't ever want to do this again.
2: And that was gonna be my question though, because I think one of the unique things I love about your model uh, is that you, you know, a lot of people wanna get into real estate, uh, but a lot of people focus on being the landlord, right? Like I wanna be the landlord. Um, and, and, And there's like this badge of honor to be in the landlord or even some people don't get into real estate because they're like, I don't wanna be the landlord, I don't want when 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 something breaks, you call me, you got jiggle, you know, jiggle, you know, toilet you know, things of that nature, um, and you created that model. Uh, and so, you know, you know, in in gutting your brownstone. You saw all the work that had to be done with that. And you said, no more. Talk to us about that. No more. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because I had a job. Yeah. I was working for the telephone company.
1: Yeah. So now that I gutted this place and I'm doing all this work, I had to take my time, like take time off. Right. So I'm using my sick time. I'm using my vacation time. And I said, yo, you just literally created another job for yourself, um, bro. I said, this was all good. Right. It felt good. Yeah. Looks good. I'm accomplishing something I've never done before. Yeah. But I said, is this what I want to do? Yeah as far as work, yeah. and then it's, it's the coal, yeah. sheet rocks, workers, this, I said, nah, there has to be a better way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. once that project was done, had the other brownstone, had to get that done, I said, I'm gonna figure out a way uh-huh. to keep doing this, but not on this level. Uh-huh. But So after I'd done them two, I stopped buying real estate. Uh-huh. I stopped buying because I didn't want to do that no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm living my life, You know, I'm making some extra bread because yeah. I got rent coming in, yeah. tenants is paying a mortgage, I'm traveling, I'm enjoying, I'm doing hip hop, I'm, I'm doing everything yeah, yeah, yeah. except real estate. Mm. Because you know why? That felt like work. Yeah. I said, yo, I want to get back into real estate because I see this is where all this extra bread is coming from, yeah. so how do I make it not work? Yeah. Because I have a job already. Yeah. That's when it came up, came into my mind, popped into my mind and said, you know what? Let's start looking at out-of-state investing. Mm. Let's look into the out-of-state market. Mm. So I'm talking to all my local investor friends. And I'm like, yo, what y'all know about out-of-state? Oh, man, out-of-state is cool, but I wouldn't do it. I can't see it. I got to do this, that. I'm like, you know what? All right, I have to talk to other people who invest Mm out-of-state. So now I go online. I'm looking into all the out-of-state things. This was roughly about about a little over five years ago, I've been out of state investing. Mm -hmm. So there's a place, Bigger Pockets. I'm looking into that and I met three of my best mentors Mm. from biggerpockets.com and I always recommend this place here. They start talking about, it's a place where 2 million investors hang out Mm. and talk about investing. Out of state and everything and I'm hearing all these great stories, how to do it correctly, how to do it without seeing it, Mm. how to manage these properties, how to do this, that, that. And I'm like, Yo, this is the ticket because everybody's mastering it. Right. So now remember, I'm working. I'm working Verizon. Yeah. So now I get into my first out of state. I get a property management company. I find me a property. I set up the property management company to go look at it. I start doing all of this by emails and phone calls. Mm -hmm. Get my first one under the belt. Mm -hmm. I said, sat back. Mm -hmm. Money's coming in. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, I could
2: do this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not doing no work. But hold on real quick, right? Because I feel like um, one of the things that um, the biggest purchases people are gonna make, there's three big purchases people are gonna make in their life. It's gonna be a home, it's gonna be a wedding if they get married, and probably their, their car, right? Their dream right. car, right? Those are the three, like every single person has that dream to do that. Yes. Most people, it's an, it's an emotional thing to buy a home, right? And so you're saying that you can do that, like how, like how do you advise somebody to buy a home out of state, they never see it, they never go to it, and you're making money from it? Like break that down, like first, but not, not necessarily the how, cause we, we gonna get to the how, Emotionally, though, oh, right? Sure. Because this is, this is all mindset. Because to be honest with you, you know, I've been around people and have given them a million dollars worth of game, but because their mind isn't in the right place, they can't even act on the game that you give them. Right. And so what type of mindset does it take for you to, um, or, or what did it take for you to get to that mindset like, yo, out of state, I'm going I'm to I'm take the chance on it? Hey, here's the mind, that's a good good.
1: Thing that you brought that up, because yeah. actually I was jumping too far ahead, so I'm glad you ruled me back in. The most important thing is the mindset. Yeah, yeah. When you say to yourself, what do you want to be? Mm. Look at the vision of where you want to be, mm. and now you start working backwards. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to be a landlord. Mm. A landlord, someone that's taking care of the tenants, someone that has to do with this, someone that has the power to call me on the phone and tell me mm. I'm not giving you money until you get here to fix something. Mm. I'm not paying you unless this is done. That sounds like a boss to me. No disrespect, no landlord. But when someone has that kind of power to say, no, I'm not gonna be here this time, so get here this time when I be here. No, I'm not gonna do this. No, you must do this, A, B, C, and D. That sounded like a job. So the mindset had to change of, okay, where do I wanna be? I knew that wasn't it. So when I said, you know what, I wanna be a CEO. Mm. I wanna be a manager of something. I want to manage people, delegate duties. Mm -hmm. That's when the the switch hit. That's when the light went off and said, okay, so now I must find these other people to do these things that I don't want to do Mm -hmm. and release the emotional part. Mm -hmm. Because if you worried about the emotions of buying something like a house, you're going to lose. Anything that's business you always take away the emotional aspect of it first and foremost. You don't make a deal based on decisions. You don't buy things based on decisions, especially as an investment. Your personal home, yeah, you you worry about the neighborhood, you worry about the color, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, but as an investment property with business, the main thing that should be your number one is what's my return. What's my return on the asset? Mm. And I speak to people about properties in such a manner that I don't talk about properties. Mm. I talk about properties as an asset. Mm. All of my properties are portfolio pieces. Mm. That's what they are. They're companies in my portfolio. So they say, yo, how many properties you got? Automatically I go, I got over 30 companies in my portfolios Mm. because that house is a company. It's an asset producing income Mm. Mm. and when it stops making that income, I need to get rid of the asset. Mm. So see how your emotions get taken out of the equation right. when you don't look at it as a property? Yeah. So the mindset is crucial, and the reason why this works so well, because first and foremost, I always tend to uh, project all of this to people who have a job. Uh. Because when you have a job, your time is limited. Uh. And now your emotions is caught up in your job and your family You're going, dang, I don't have that time. So now something's tearing at you to go, how do i manage something and maintain my job Mm. because remember key thing i had a job and i knew the importance of keeping your job because your job is your first business partner your your first business partner is your job and when you look at it in that manner you no longer hate your job Mm. people who talk about their job in such a a, a way where it drives them nuts and hate it, which I understand because I was that guy start thinking about it as a business partner guess yeah. what you're gonna respect that business partner because you know there will be a day when you and that business partner is going to part ways yeah, 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 so yeah. it's a temporary feeling right right, right, right. you yeah. see what I mean yeah. and also that job is your first means of funding what you're trying to do right so if you now come into the equation of saying oh man I hate this job I hate this job now this job you're getting paid you go home on the weekends and guess what you're gonna do you're gonna sit and, and just get overwhelmed by the, what you hate and build up enough tolerance to do it for five more days all over again. But if you said to yourself, this job is my business partner. So what I got to do on the weekends mm-hmm. is now take these funds to create another business, mm-hmm. another source of revenue mm-hmm. and income. Yeah. And I will now be able to cut ties with my current mm-hmm. business partner who we are not getting along.
2: right, 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 right. And I'm gonna start me a new business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mindset changes? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because again, like uh, there's been such this recent backlash or nine-to-five shaming. Um, and, and and that's why I was like, oh, we gotta have you on the platform because like you literally use your your job, that first investor, and cre- you became a, a multimillionaire from that, yes. right? Like, like, like you the day you quit your job. I remember actually seeing the video. And, like, I didn't even know you worked. And I'm like, yo, I know. I'm like, yo, I'm bugging. I'm like, I know that Storm's a millionaire. And, like, yo, why is he retiring? So I called I'm like, yo, bro, what's like what's going on? like, And I realized, you know, in talking to you, I'm like, yo, like, you literally are the true testament of leverage, right? Leveraging mm-hmm. what you have to get what you want. Um, not being emotionally attached to... Uh, you know what other people are saying. What uh, you know, like, like I always have to say do not give permanent energy to temporary things, mm. right? You had you had the the, the bigger picture in mind. You like, yo, multi millions, yo. I'm gonna use this to kind of, uh, you know, you know, get to that space. Use it as a funder. And from a mindset perspective, what people don't realize is if you are stressed out, you can't perform at your best anyway. Right, I tell entrepreneurs all the time. I remember, right? I'm a real life test. I remember quitting my job, being stressed out, and taking anything as an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. I didn't have the means. I, I, yo, know, I'm married. I got, a, I got a, a one kid at the time. I'm like, yo. So now I'm taking, I'm taking less than I deserve mm-hmm. because I'm struggling. But then when I, was, I'm gonna go back to the bank. I went back to the bank. Got six figures, and now I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that. Nope, I'm not doing that. And I was able to leverage it. So somebody right now is watching, right? They got $100,000 saved up. They got $10,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that somebody who's interested in investing, like they love what you said. Mm-hmm. Yo, I work my nine to five. I want financial freedom I do not want to create another job but I I want to have the money to do whatever I want to do what's the first thing they do
1: first thing you need to do if you you know you want to invest out of state that's the key thing it's investing I don't know any part of real estate and where you want to invest yeah but the problem is real estate is so expensive in a lot of places so you must automatically say to yourself where does my dollars work Mm. Like for example, in Alabama, I have about 12 properties there in Alabama. I'm in, like, Alabama, Georgia, Milwaukee, Florida, Ohio. I'm all over the place yeah. and never seen none of these properties.
2: Mm. So you but, own them and you never seen them?
1: Yeah, own them and never seen yeah. them. Don't plan on ever seeing them. Yeah. If I Even there's places I've been to that, like, I've been actually to Alabama. and They yeah. go, yo, you want to see properties? I'm like, why? Right. I don't want to see them. Yeah. There's no reason for me to look at them, right? Because yeah. the mindset. Yeah. So now if you have a certain amount of money, the goal is to say... Where does my money work for me? Uh-huh. Where does this money work? So let's look at $100,000. Eh, you got $10,000. let us say about uh, a $60,000 property. Yeah. I give perfect example. $60,000 $60, property. 10% down is $12,000. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, now, this is real life example. I'm going to give you several projects I've done at 60. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. $12,000 down. Okay, you probably got two. Let's see if you get, you got 10. Let's see where you can get two from, which yeah. isn't that hard. Yeah. Partner, partnering is one of the biggest things, and I'll get into that later. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm addressing now yeah, for yeah, people. You yeah, understand yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Partnering is one of the best strategic strategies you can do when looking to, to invest, mm. especially in real estate. Yeah. One of my mentors told me, he said, when you start to partner, you're going to be unstoppable. Uh.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: at the telephone company, I'm buying properties, I'm doing my thing. He said, nah, you, you doing it, yeah. but watch. You know why, because if I took that $20,000 to get that $100,000 property, mm-hmm. but what if I said, I want to partner with somebody who got $20,000 too. Mm-hmm. Instead of me buying one property with $20,000, I partner with somebody, that's two properties uh-huh. with my 20.
2: Yeah.
1: So now, here's the bigger picture. Say, okay, yeah, you got two properties. But what we don't look at, is doing your taxes. Mm. Taxes. Mm. Taxes are one of the biggest and beautiful ways to make more cash flow on your property. Mm. So now you're writing off big expenditures. Which we'll get into that yeah, later because you're yeah, not know yeah. talk about all the LLC stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now if I partner with somebody with 20-22 properties, mm. I get another 20-22, mm. we got four properties. Yeah, yeah. Me and you got four properties instead of me just buying one. Yeah, yeah. We got two. Mm. You're you're building a bigger portfolio by by mastering the art of partnering. So now someone has $10,000. You get to a $60,000 property. Let's go down to a 50. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I'm going to do you one better. I did a deal about a month ago. Mm -hmm. A property I sold. I bought it for Mm $40,000. I got a local loan from a commercial bank in, I think it was in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So the $40,000 property the down payment with closing was Mm $8,600. So $8,600 on a $40,000 property paying $800 in Section 8 guaranteed, Mm -hmm. which I love guaranteed rent. Mm -hmm. Section 8, uh, federal government, VA, Mm -hmm. guaranteed money. So now the mortgage on that the mortgage on that forty thousand dollar property was three hundred dollars a month. Mm. So now I'm getting eight hundred dollars, around eight hundred dollars, Section Eight. So that's five hundred dollars a month cash flow, yeah. guaranteed coming in mm. on that forty thousand dollar property. Wow. So five hundred dollars a month mm. at the end of the year, mm. we're looking at six thousand right. dollars. So remember, I put down. $8,000, $8,600, $8, I'm making $5,000 right back at the end of the year. Yeah. Now I'm doing taxes mm-hmm. on that property. Yeah. That property is done properly in the LLC. Mm. The LLC now attaches to me having a home office. The things of writing off when you have a home office. And I tell people, please set up your LLCs correctly. Right, right, yeah, yeah, Real estate. and We're going to talk about
2: that because you you real blew estate. my mind with that. With right, cool. So
1: I ain't going to go that deep in it but yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But real estate is a 10 minute conversation. Setting yeah. your business is a whole nother thing. Yeah. So now once you get that five thousand, you're making your money back on your taxes, you make another. $1,500. I yeah. made my $8,600 right. back. Right there in one year. And this cash is continuous flow. cash flow. Yeah. But that same property I paid 40000 for. Mm. Now the area's going up. Now we see what's going on. Yeah. I say, you know what? Let me see. Can I sell this property for $80,000? Mm. I... People can look on my timeline. I did a whole video about this. Yeah. I put that prop seventy thousand. Matter of fact, I put that property up for seventy thousand dollars. Wow. I got a full offer wow. the next day from an agent. Somebody want to buy it for seventy. I said, damn, I just paid forty for right, it. No right, right, so right, less right, than a right. year ago, wow, wow. about a year or so ago, wow. sold the property for seventy. Yeah. So now I sell the property for seventy, paid a bank back. They thirty two thousand left mm-hmm. on left over on the loan. Yeah. So now I keep that thirty seven thousand. Mm-hmm. So my ten thousand made me made me almost $40,000, yeah. but remember, I got section eight rent, $500 a month yeah. for for about a year and a half, so I made an additional $8,000. I wow. I made almost $50,000 from wow, wow, an $8,600 $8, wow, wow. $8, investment. Awesome. So when people say, yo, you ain't making no bread, you ain't really making no money out of yeah. state, what I tell them is, nah, you know what it is? You guys are looking at it from the wrong point of view. Yeah. You got to look at it from what your pockets allow you to do. Yeah. Now imagine if I would have partnered that same person who had ten thousand dollars mm. would have partnered with someone and bought two forty thousand right. dollar properties. Right. Imagine what they taxed, or they would have bought three forty thousand yeah. yeah. dollar properties. Yeah. 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 You see what I mean? So, but you always want to use leverage. People say, well. You can't get loans for properties of that size. I just showed you right. community banks in that neighborhood, yeah. because if a neighborhood neighborhood is overwhelmed with houses that around forty, fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, banks are used to loaning that kind right. of money, Absolutely. so yeah. you can get those loans. Yeah. Yeah. See yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you start with that. Yeah,
2: and 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 you you know you say you know I mean I, I you know I know you very well, and so um, I know that you do not buy homes that um, are not already cash flowing. That's right. Like, 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 and I don't even call it home, right? Cause you, like you said, you call it asset. So in, in order for you to invest out of state, um, you're suggesting that make sure that you are buying cash flowing assets. Explain yes, that. Explain that concept.
1: My theory it's not even theory. Yeah. My st- business structure is this. I do not buy any properties that are not cash flowing. Mm. It's guaranteed rent we're walking into guaranteed rent, Mm, right? Because if you buy a property, like I just gave you the breakdown, I bought a property that had a tenant in place, which I only buy properties that are Section 8, VA, government subsidized, or Mm. long-term tenants. Mm. And the reason why this is so important, long-term tenants, because if you have a property where you know you had a tenant there that's been there for a year, two years, three years, what you do is you request what's called a rent roll. Mm. A rent roll tells you when the tenant pays their rent and if the rent's on time. If you get a rent roll and it tells you this tenant's never been late for two years consecutively on his rent, mm. that's like telling me this company I'm about to buy has never defaulted on payments. Um, yeah, yeah, Why am yeah, I yeah. not buying that company? Ah, yeah, 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 Why? Yeah. I always give people this, this example. I could give you a property here. Mm. Nice, renovated, brand new, yeah. ready to go. You can make $800 rent vacant. Mm now you got to rent it out. Mm. Or I can give you this other property. Same price, making $800, a tenant's been living there, money's going to come in guaranteed. You know this tenant's rent history for the past two years. Mm. But you have one, you got to put a tenant in here. Mm. You don't know his rent history yet. So he can move in there and you don't know what's going to happen. Which one makes sense? The one where you now have to wait to find you a tenant, but you're continuously paying the mortgage, mm-hmm. or you're risking this person moving in, and now going, you know what? Something happened with my job. Mm-hmm. They can't pay you rent, mm-hmm. or I'm giving you something here that's been paying you consecutively two years in a row. Yeah. Guaranteed rent you're walking into. Yeah. Which yeah. one is more appealing, the shiny object or the ba-
2: a bag of money? bag of money, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, what yeah. we're here for. And, and, and so how how do you, um, you know, how do you gain the confidence, though, to know there's a lot of scammers out there, a lot of fraud out there, uh, you know, how do you buy a property Out the out the the country, out the out of state, you buy a property out of state Mm -hmm. um, that you don't see. How do you know that the rent roll is doing what it's doing? Um, How do you know what condition the property is in? Um, Like like like, what is that process? How how does somebody um, could trust that I'm going to give my eighty six hundred dollars? Because for a lot of people, eighty six hundred dollars is a lot of money, right? Right. And so so they're about to give that eighty six hundred dollars. Yeah, and, 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 and how can they assure that, you know, what they're paying for is what they're actually going to get? It's
1: the same thing as if, if you were buying a property in general, inspection, right? You're going to go through a process. You're going to make sure you have an inspector. The inspector, well, let me back up a little bit. First, you have the agent. The agent shows you the property just like you were buying uh, any other 2030, a $500,000 home, $700,000 home. An inspector inspects the property. The agent gives you pictures. The agent reach out. You do a purchase agreement. You all the same steps you're gonna do, but you just physically don't have to be there, and this is why you don't have to be there. Because you can go look at a house, me and you can go walk into a house and go, oh my God, this place is beautiful, it looks this. We walk around the basement, we see everything, it looks nice, but guess what? We don't know foundation, we don't know pipes, we don't know structures, we don't know electrical, we don't know roofing, we don't know none of this. Mm -hmm. So what are we there for? We're not gonna live there. Mm. We all caught up with it, and this is another reason why tenant-occupied is so important. Mm. Why am I concerned about so much about the interior of the home when someone who's living there now loves the way the home is? Mm. They love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They love it.
2: They have been there. Yeah, they they been living there. in the house and right. they paying rent. Right. All
1: I need to know is, inspector, is there an issue with plumbing? Is there an issue with this? Is there an issue with that? Once all those questions are answered by the inspector Mm. who inspects the property, so I'm in New York, Mm. property in Florida, he sends me the reports, I look at the reports, report says A, B, C, and D, and here's another thing you do, you get on the phone with the inspector, you have a conversation with him, because there are things he can tell you that over the phone that he can't tell you in a report, Mm. he gets on the phone and goes, yeah, the property is great, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's a little minor things you might have to fix later on. The furnace is doing this, but the water heater has a slight leak, but there's nothing major. You can do this, that. Like, little things like that. Yeah. He can't yeah. write in a report. Right, 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 But he can tell you to look out for these things, right? And another thing I tell people, I send property managers with my inspector on the day of the inspection. Mm. The reason why is because the property manager is there to go inspect the tenants. Mm. The inspector inspects the home. Mm who's going to inspect my tenants I'm inheriting? So the property manager, he goes there now, he does a walkthrough, and he talks to the tenant. And the number one question I tell my property managers to ask is this, and please put this in your game plan. Ask them if there's one thing in here you can fix, what is that one thing? Mm. That's going to tell you so much about the property. They're going to go, well, you know what? There's nothing really here. I love the place. Or they're going to go, when it rains, Mm. there's this one little spot where the water might come through. Or when I turn on all of these these faucets, and then I do this, you have this thing happen where this might back up, or this in the basement. See, these are things the inspector might not see because it's not raining that day. Right, right, right. Or all the pipes are not running that day. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So this one little question mm. is so important. And now when they answer that question, you can find out key things. Mm. You'll go, this is a good buy, or, I know this will have to be released or sold within three to five years, Mm -hmm. right? And that's my structure also. I don't keep a property no more than three to five years. People wanna buy properties, which is fine, and keep them forever, but why? Like I said, this is a cash-producing asset. I do not want to have this asset when things start going wrong. Water heaters, furnace, roof, anything start breaking. I don't want to put money into this asset mm-hmm. to give it more life just to be forced to hold it. Mm-hmm. For example, if the water heater goes, now I fix the water heater, that's 15-year water heater. Right. So now I'm going, well, I might as well keep it for 15 years. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we get another issue where the, the, the roof starts acting up. Yeah. You know what? I just did the water heater. Let me fix the roof. Yeah. At, now, the furnace. Now I might as well fix this. See, now your, all your cash flow is getting sucked into this. Now here's the thing where people say, oh I might as well get a home warranty mm-hmm. or I might as well, this is why I only do fixes on houses mm-hmm. when I buy them and I fix them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but guess what that takes? That takes contractors. Right. That takes relationships. Right. You have a job. Right. You don't have time to get do contracting. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to find a group of contractors to trust out of state to do this for you. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're thinking like a CEO. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking like a landlord. Mm -hmm. You don't have that time. What you wanna do is manage your assets properly to make money, buy them, sell them, move on to the next one. We hear so many things about, yo, I'ma buy a property, I'ma fix and flip, fix and flip, which I love it. I started that way. But if your time doesn't allow you, Mm -hmm. what are you doing now? You're putting the fate of your cash flow in the hands of a contractor, somebody else, Somewhere where you don't see them or even if you can and you do it in your state, you don't know about contracting yeah. You can walk through a construction site. Everything could be wrong
2: Yeah,
1: and you going, yo, he put the windows in the right way Yo, he put the tub in the right way. the tub is in yeah, but all that could be wrong now What yeah. now you fell in inspections now? It's not done right and now the house is falling apart and they gone Right. This is why for me if somebody's living there. I know it's a
2: habitable environment and I'm making my money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And so now um, just to recap, in, in order to invest out of state properly, three people you need to have on your team. You need an agent, right? Who's from that area, who knows that area. You need an inspector. And make sure the inspector is, you know, able to look at the house and make sure everything is cool. You need a property manager, which, which preferably a property manager and the inspector go on the same day, yeah. so that way you, the property manager, could talk to the tenant. The inspector is the one that's inspecting the house. Um, with a property manager, um, you know, do you do you just find? Any property manager, you you know, do you find, you know, somebody who, you know, like you just go, like how, how do you find the right property manager?
1: What I tell people is this, this is it's another thing I touched on earlier, biggerpockets.com. Yeah. Biggerpockets.com is where a lot of these services and people, we talk to each other because as, as investors, we have 10, 20, 30 properties. Mm-hmm. We there sharing who we use as property management. Yeah. So when I wanted to go into Alabama, the reason why I went there, cause a lot of investors were having discussions about Alabama, going, yeah, you know, um, Amazon is gonna be coming out here soon. This was before it hit the news. Yeah. So what we did, we went out there buying forty thousand dollar properties, sixty thousand. I bought an eighty thousand dollar property. Mm. Uh, uh, I bought a four, uh, eighty thousand quad, eighty thousand dollar four unit. Yeah, that property yeah. is worth almost three hundred thousand dollars now. Ah, wow, wow, wow. The rent went from six hundred to fourteen hundred. Nice. This is the conversations we have. Mm. So, if these investors are telling you, I use this company, they, they have 15 of my properties, right. why well, your one little door ain't going to be fine now? Right, 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 your yeah, one right. little door, yeah. you worry? We're telling you, we use them. Yeah. This is relationships. Yeah. And you go there and you ask these questions in the form, yeah. you, you actually search the question. Yeah. I tell people, do not go asking all the same questions. Then they're going to know you're a newbie. Right. Everybody's going to ignore you. Go in the form, type the question, and find in that thread the person that likes to talk the most. Mm. Send him and question, mm. and he's going to give you everything you need to know about why you should be in this place, why you shouldn't be in this place. Mm. And another aspect to team building, which you mentioned, The real estate agent is crucial, now when you get the inspector, the inspector is also someone who surveys the land when you get them. Mm -hmm. The inspector can tell you, a lot of -of out-of-state investors are coming here, Mm -hmm. the rent's doing well here, Mm -hmm. this is going on in the neighborhood, or he can tell you the neighborhood's going down. Mm -hmm. Same with the property management. The property managers, they have other investors who are selling properties. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to come to you and tell you, we got an investor over here who's upgrading. So now you're getting off-market deals all day. Mm -hmm. And remember, you doing this while I still have a job.
2: job right, right,
1: I've done this. Right, right. I've had 20 20 units, yeah. 20 properties while working the telephone, and when I left, I left with over 30. Wow, wow. Still wow. working. Wow. Okay. Left, left early. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: The job thought I was gonna be there, retiring at a certain age, and I was like, yo, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Recorded it, went on, went on the gram, did a live yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, y'all. Yeah. I'm walking in because this is my last day. Yeah. Went in there with my ASK hat and yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah. Catch was like, "Yo, what you? You, yo, you came back to work?" I was like, "Oh, dressed like this. You think this what I came here to do? Right. Right. This is yeah. what I came here to do.
2: Right. right yeah. So yeah, that's the whole thing. The structure of the team, man. Yeah, it's very yeah. important and doable. Yeah, and I and I and I love that because. Um, you know, for those out there who are listening, who uh, you know may be thinking about getting into real estate, want to create cash flow, because that's what it's, it's it's about at the end of the day, right? Uh, being able to have that cash flow, because once you get a certain level of cash flow, you can now say, okay, now you know what? If you want to leave your job, right? That is a, a, a better way to leave it because now you have that cash flow coming in now you could do your side business now you can start your entrepreneurship venture um, and so for those who, who you know might be thinking about this in a sketchy and like oh I don't I don't know now you know right you get that agent that agent's gonna help you. you you get that inspector to make sure that the property you're buying is is at least could hold up you know three to five years right you get that property management because now when you get that property manager that property manager get to tell you how the tenants are living if the if the tenants are are disgusting or if, if you know like 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 what like what what's the vibe um, and then and then because uh, you know this property is already cash flowing you already get to see how long they've been paying and so so everything yeah. that you would probably worried about is already kind of set up
1: instant cash flow instant on cash the day flow. that you're signing your purchase agreement yeah right there closing yeah you're going to have, you're going to be prorated rent. Mm. Soon as you sign, they go, okay, we owe you money now. Mm. This the second week of the month, guess what? Here, he go prorated rent, now you already start making money. So what do you do now? You going to work saying, dang, I'm going to buy me some more properties because you have time available to do. Like real estate, us being, getting into real estate, which I love, Real estate is the gateway for you to do bigger and better things. It really is. We're coming in on the tail end of the success of real estate. Mm. I've mentioned that I've bought a property Mm. 300,000, 350,000 like 20 years ago for 300, 400, worth 1.5, 1.6. You're never gonna get those numbers again. So I can have, I I always, always expand on real estate, uh, why you should be in real estate. Is a fifteen-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. How real estate could change your life is another fifteen-minute conversation. Yeah. But what you do when you get into real estate, far as setting up that real estate correctly, and now
2: setting up your trust and everything correctly, yeah. that's a lifetime conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and and let's talk about that because I think I think you know one of the the first things that. Uh, you know, my wife and I were like looking into getting more properties and um you know our structure wasn't the right way, yeah. right? Uh, and so you know, you know, you you were like, yo, get the house out your name, get the that house out your name. That? Um and so can you talk about uh the proper structure um to be able to create because there there are tax advantages, yes. uh there's there's so write-offs, there's so many uh things protection, liability, yes. all these things that uh, come with, you know, you know more money, more problems, like yeah. Big said, right? And so you want to be able to protect yourself. So talk to us about, like, the, the proper way uh, to structure your, you know, your properties in right. order to make sure that you maximize taxes, maximize all the benefits all right. that comes with it.
1: Yeah. Here's the big picture. Yeah, yeah. See, every time we go in this room, that's when I light up, right? Because yeah. real estate is like, oh, yeah, I can talk about real estate all day. Yeah. But am I helping you create wealth? Mm. No, I'm not. Yeah. So when somebody says, yeah, buy your house, man, create generational wealth. Yeah. Like, bro, no, you're deceiving people. Yeah, Buying one house does not create generational wealth for you. No, it's a gateway to start doing things the right way to, to eventually go in a legacy wealth building. Right. So now what you do is you buy your property. How are you going to set this thing up the right way? We all know you do LLCs, you, you get your LLC, you put your house in an LLC, but now you're getting rent. People paying you rent in your name. Property management company paying you rent. Everything is coming in your name. You're not taking advantage of taxes the right way. Now, what I do is I have a structure that I put together and I tell a lot of people about it and they go, oh, I've been doing this for 30 years, bro. Yeah, 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 Never yeah. knew about it. Yeah, 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 I call it the three must-have LLCs. Mm-hmm. One LLC is your acquisition. Yeah. When you first get an LLC from uh, doing commercial lending, your LLC, you buying that property, you're acquiring a property, that LLC is now your acquisition. Mm-hmm. The reason why you want to continuously have an LLC instead of getting so many different LLCs, you want that one LLC to start building up credit like history credit, like your personal credit. Uh, Now that LLC is building power. Uh My acquisition LLC, Easily I get $2 million, $3 million, $4 million worth of loans mm. because I have over 30, 40 other loans in mm. there showing that I'm paying these loans on time. Oh, My credit history is strong. Instead of me saying, you know what, oh, I got another property, let me get another
2: LC. Yeah. Let me get another LLC. And, and I, that, that's why that's so good because, because that's the that's the information that's out there, right? I mean logically though not even yeah. not even not even the information that's out there that's why I blew my mind when I first heard it because logically you know I know LLC limited liability company yeah. I want to you know limit my liability so if I buy 123 Main Street mm-hmm. I'm going to open an LLC in 123 Main Street if I once I buy 456 you know Harlem Lane yeah. then I'm a, I'm going to get a no, LLC no. for 456 Harlem Lane I get 678 you know you know Merlin, mm-hmm. and then that's going to be that that property as well and then now I got all these three properties you know and i'm protected because each of them have their own llc but now if, if i want to get a loan i only have that one property yeah. if i like i cannot leverage them each each, each you know each differently because now they're all, they're all separate but you're saying you can open an acquisition llc so every time you acquire property, you acquire them under the acquisition LLC to build credit. And then now you, oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: It makes, it makes total sense here. Think about it. Your personal credit, when you're buying things, you're buying things, your personal credit keeps going going up, up. you know, you're building up your credit history. So you're doing that same thing with this one acquisition that you're buying. Right. But now it's like, okay, well, if I have, if I keep buying all of these uh, properties in this one LLC, I'm not supposed to have all properties under one LLC. So now, what do I do? That's when you have a holding LLC. That's the second LLC. Your holding LLC will now hold the property, and you're going to release it from the acquisition LLC. So now you have a holding LLC holding these properties holding these properties, but you're not going to hold them all individually. What you're going to do is you're going to have 123 Main Street, Mm. 123 Main Street acquisition is bought. Mm. Now 123 Main Street, now you use the address to have a separate LLC and the owner of that LLC is your holding LLC. Mm. So now the reason why you're freeing it up from your acquisition, because you don't want your acquisition to be responsible for any liabilities on the property. Mm. So if the property now, let's say it gets sued, something happens. If it's on the acquisition still, now you're tarnishing the reputation of the acquisition. Uh, So now you're freeing it up so the acquisition could always remain strong and clear. uh, So now the holding LLC are now holding all of these LLCs, right? uh, Still separately is just the owner uh, is the holding LLC. uh, That's that one. But now you go, okay, now I got the tenants paying me rent, property managers pay me rent. Cool. Let me put them in a bank account. What bank account? Not in yours. Uh-huh. You need a property management LLC. Uh-huh. Property management LLC. What is that going to do? That's going to collect your rent. Uh-huh. The key things is separating your personal business and your money. Uh-huh. Your rents are coming in in the LLC. That should be not. That should not be the same LLC that the house is in. Uh-huh. Because if something happened, the first thing they do, freeze the account. Okay, the account is attached to their house. Your assets are frozen. Uh-huh. That's why you have a property management company's LLC. Your tenants will be paying your property management LLC, Mm -hmm. which is separate from your holdings LLC, which holds the house. Mm -hmm. So think about it. Here's the house, Mm -hmm. my rent. It's not going here. It's going to this one. Mm -hmm. This is a separate entity collecting all this money for your taxes, and that needs to be in your home state. Why? Because you're filing taxes for that one. Mm -hmm. So people go, well, you have these three LLCs. Which one needs an EIN? Only the property management company. Mm. So now when it's time to do your taxes, which state should it be in? You could choose an anonymity state, right? But an anonymity state, anonymity is, it allows you, (laughs) anonymity is uh, Wyoming, Delaware, uh, New New Mexico, and Nevada. These allow you to now conduct business without being known, being anonymous. Mm. Right? So now when you're hiding yourself You're doing this for the holding LLC. Mm. And why is this so important? Because people say, you know, my property is in an LLC, so it's protected, anything's happened, I'm good. I ain't gotta worry about it. Yeah, Yeah, you are. But now, look at this. Say if I wanna sue, I say, okay, I'm suing Ash. He has his 123 Main Street, LLC. Mm. I wanna sue it. Oh man, I can't. But you know what? I wanna look up who owns the LLC. Mm. Oh, Ash owns the LLC. Mm. I want a civil suit on Ash. That happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I tell people google that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can google who owns the LLC and now you can still sue him mm. civil suit. Wow. So now how do you stop that from happening? Yeah. Which happens all the time. Mm. Anonymity state. Ash doesn't own it. Mm. His LLC in the anonymity state owns the LLC. So now if they look up 123 Main Street, they don't see Ash no more. Right. They see that LLC in that state and that state doesn't allow you to know the owner. Mm. So now you're protected. Nice. Yeah. Fully protected. Yeah. It's yeah. the power of having this structure. And now let's talk about the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. Property management company collecting taxes. So what you're going to do now? You're going to have a home office. You have a home office. In New York, you write off You write off up to 30% of your mortgage or rent. 30%. Wow. So now if your, your mortgage is $1,000 a month, that's $12,000. Yeah. So now you're writing off 30% of that. Wow. So you're writing off $3,600 of your mortgage. Right. Now you're writing off 30% of the light, mm. gas, heating, cell phone, car, mileage. mileage. Right. Right, right, right. So these are all things you're not able to write off that you can't write off in your own name. Mm. If you have the property management structure set up, now think of all these things. You're writing off so many benefits, but if it's in your name, your property management company, now when they have a repair or anything, it's coming into your name, right? Mm. How you going to write that off? Right. But if your property management company gave you a bill in the name of your LLC, Mm. now you're writing that off as a business write-off. All those trips you take, everything you go to Home Depot, you're renting all them power tools and all this stuff that's sitting in the basement, Mm. tool rental, you can't write that off under ash. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Your LLC can. Right. My tax structure, I'm writing off easily, no less than 10 and upwards to $17,000 a year. Mm. Taxes pay me. I don't pay taxes and I'm doing it legally. Why are we afraid to adjust our taxes accordingly when we see the wealthy do it all the time and we complain and go, why is he getting away with it? You know why? Because you're not taking advantage of it. People who provide housing and jobs get the best tax benefits.
2: Mm, mm. Love it, love it. And then so now... Because um, you mentioned generational wealth, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, and actually, before we even go there, because I, I did have a clarifying question about the property management mm-hmm. uh, LLC. Uh, is it is it now, right, your holding company has, um, you know, each property you have, let's say I got 30 properties, mm-hmm. each property has a holding LLC. Do I have one property management LLC for all 30 properties, or do I have 30 property management uh, LLCs for each each property that I have? Good question, good question.
1: You have one property management company collecting all the rents, Mm. whether that be from your current tenants paying you rent, and they will no longer pay you rent in your name. Mm you will give them a new lease under the name of the property management company. Oh and the property management company who's paying you rent for your out-of-state properties, they will be paying you rent in the name of your property management company. Yeah. This is where the tax implications are oh, great. I mean, yeah, yeah, and the yeah, reason yeah, why, yeah. because if you have a property in Chicago mm-hmm. and you live in Atlanta mm-hmm. and you have a bank account for that LLC in Chicago, you're mm-hmm. collecting rent in that property in Chicago, you now have to pay taxes yeah. in Illinois. It. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. but when you're collecting the rent, In the property management company in your home state the only thing you pay is a business privilege tax which is around two three hundred dollars you're not paying taxes in each one of these states i'm in seven states imagine me paying taxes in all of these states i don't i pay a business privilege tax 200 250 per state and now i'm writing off all of these things bro even when i fly and go to these places me flying here now is a business write off but if i was to fly here out of my own dime Mm -hmm. Okay, now I gotta eat that or find right. some way to write it off. Right. and now I gotta make sure it makes sense. But right. no, if I have properties here, I'm coming here to do business. Mm. We have to learn to do our business better, bro. Okay. And how you expect to? How do we expect to transfer wealth? We could go into that right. Right. whenever right. you're ready. Right. 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 Transfer wealth the right way. Mm you don't set your business up the right way. Yeah. Like I said, real estate is a 15 minute conversation. Yeah. Setting your real estate up the right way yeah. is another 15 minute conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But how are you doing this to transfer the wealth? That's a lifetime conversation that yeah. we need to have to do it properly.
2: And, and, and let's talk about that, right? Because um, generational wealth, I mean, we hear all the time. Everybody's talking generational wealth, great generational curses, all that stuff. But a lot of people don't, like you said, don't fully understand what it really means how to really do it um walk us through what does generational wealth mean to you and and how have you created structures specifically with real estate but just in general uh to to help create generational wealth
1: i look at it like this like i said the introductory for me to people was real estate but i know i always had a bigger agenda always had hidden agenda my hidden agenda was to teach you how to set up real estate and the ultimate goal is for me to get you to understand the power of a living trust, mm. right? So when I started doing Instagram and I started doing, talking about real estate and out-of-state investing, never seeing my properties, the cats were like, yo, this this cat here, he got properties, he never seen them. Yeah. Now, cool, now I got your air, right? So now I'm talking about three must-have LLCs, my structure, and they're like, yo, this dude got the crazy structure and it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I got you more real than. Mm. But then when I did this video Called take your house out of your name, yeah, yeah. and that was the first video that actually went like fire, That's right? True. And even you posted. No, I did that video get like
2: forty thousand views on my on my platform. Like
1: crazy, one crazy. day, bro, yeah, yeah. that video went up. My 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 reaction, you know what yeah. they call my interaction or something like that, engagement, Twitter, Facebook. Got to like wait, hold up, take your house out of your name. Yeah, Why? Yeah, what is he yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about? Purpose of taking your house out your name is when I took my my primary residence out of my name and put it in a living trust. And the reason I, I did that, my trust attorney made it clear. It's like, look, you want to be able to take your house out of your name because you want to hand it down to your generations. You want to take it out for protection because if someone falls or whatever the case may be, you're held liable. You can't just you can't take your primary residence, put it in an LLC. Uh-huh. You can't. Uh-huh. But you put it in a trust. And now what that trust does It's it's more powerful than the will. We must learn to get away from the structure of a will. Mm. The will ends up in probate court. Mm. You end up paying money to the probate court, Mm. and someone can contest your will. Mm. James Brown had one of his ex-wives or something come forward and say they were still married. Mm. His will was held up in probate court for about 14
2: years. Wow. Which means after he died, Mm -hmm. no one got nothing for 14 years because someone contested the will. right? Right. How crazy is that, yeah, right? Crazy. But yeah. with
1: a trust, a trust is a document that doesn't get filed in court. Mm. So once a trust is created, now that trust must be held held accountable. Well, it must be uh, followed to the letter once oh. you pass away, Got it. right? So now I take my house out my name, I put it in a living trust, I set it up for my family to get it, breaking it up this and that, and then I'm going, wait a minute. So now this house isn't in my name. Can I become the property manager of my trust? Mm. I mean, the property manager of my, my, my local residence, I have a home office, yeah. it's, this is my place of business. Yeah. Contact my accountant, my accountant said, yeah, you can manage this property. I said, no, you didn't just tell mm. me that. So that's how your mind start working mm. different when you think about business. Yeah. So now I became the property manager of my primary residence, because mm. I had the home office. Mm. So now I'm making money off my property. So I set up the home office. I did all the things that I'm telling everybody you can do with this primary residence, getting all these write-offs. So then I go, all right, wait a minute. So now with this, here's other game that I added with that video. The other game I added was, wait a minute, now you mean you can hire your kids Mm. to work for your LLC, Mm. and now instead of giving your kids an allowance, I could give them a salary? I did a video about that. Don't give your kids an allowance, give them a salary. You can give them I think in New York it's like11,000 dollars up to 11,000 paying them in an the LLC. And how's that beneficial for you? Because now if you do taxes for50,000 dollars, uh, you minus that 11, you only be a tax for 39, thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So now your kids get 11,000. So now what do you do with that? You have them open up an IRA. Mm-hmm. Now they open up an IRA in their name. Mm-hmm. You, you let them take about maybe a hundred dollars a week, put into their IRA until they turn let's say four years mm-hmm. consecutively, dude, mm-hmm. $100 a week, $100 a week, and they stop. When your kids are ready to retire, they get around 60, they gotta have over a million dollars. Wow, wow. A million dollars that can't be taxed right. because they opened it up when they was a minor. Wow, wow. wow. When they opened it up as a minor. So here's it now, let's get into the, the legacy wealth part that we talk about. So once I, I understood the schematics of how important a living trust was, I said, okay, how do I make this thing work for generations? Yeah. For generations, because I had so many people talk about generational wealth, and I said, yeah, you're talking about it, but you're not showing it. Yeah. So what I did was, snowy day in New York, mm. I said, let me look at someone who actually created generational wealth. Yeah. I said, who done this? Mm. Rockefeller. Mm. We always say about the Rockefeller family, right. Rockefeller yeah. Trust, his trust from 1934. Yeah. So I go look it up, I'm reading this thing, figuring out the whole thing, and I'm going, yo, this is genius. Mm. What he did was, what you do? You take, your, you take your asset. Yep. You place your asset in a, in a fund. Mm-hmm. For example, let's say you have a, a, a million-dollar house, mm-hmm. right? Or let's say you have a, a, a half-a-million-dollar house, because I want to give people to play here, yeah. The play that makes sense within our, in, within our pockets. Mm-hmm. You have a house, $500,000 home, got a mortgage on it. People always say, yo, I want to make sure I pay my house off. I say, why are you worrying about paying your house off, mm-hmm. putting that extra money into the house, when you could take those payments to actually invest. Mm. How about you get a life insurance policy Mm. for about $100 a month, Mm. that's like a million dollars. $200 a month, a million dollars. The half a million is gonna cover your home. Mm. So now you got half 500,000 left. Mm. So now you pass away, $500,000 pays off the house. Your family is straight, they own the house. The other half a million goes into an investment account. SP 500. This is how the structure is broken down. SP 500 going in there for your grandkids. Mm. You say, oh, okay. how is this structure going to help? Your grandkids are not going to get their money till they turn 21. Mm. So you take half a million dollars. SP making about 8% interest. Mm. 21 years, 500,000, 21 years equates to around $2.4 million your grandkids are going to get. 2.4 million. But you don't give your grandkids 2.4 million. What you do, you give them half. Give them 1.2. Now you're leaving the other 1.2 for your Mm. great-grandkids. Great-grandkids, 1.2 in the same SP, 8% interest, Mm. another 21 years. Mm. 1.2 million, 21 years for your great-grandkids. That's $6 million about. $6 million, your great-grandkids. Your great-grandkids, they only gonna get half of that. Mm. That's $3 million. Now you're leaving $3 million in that fund Mm. for your great-great-grandkids. Three million, 21 years, 8% interest, compound interest. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's 15, I think $15 million your great, great grandkids are gonna get. That's a structure from Rockefeller, 1934. We can do the same thing. When people tell me, you know, I don't have that kind of bread. You know what you do? The air you breathe is worth money. It's a life insurance policy. Get you a $500,000 life insurance policy. Open up a trust. Take the life insurance policy, place the life insurance policy in the name of the trust, not in the individual. Uh You don't have a beneficiary Uh because when it's in the trust, the trust isn't a living person. Uh So you don't need a beneficiary. Uh But if it's in your name, you need a beneficiary. Uh Now, what if you leave your your life insurance policy to someone and go, I want to make sure my my grandkids get it. And they go, man, he dead. I'm spinning that bread. That's why it's important to do that structure.
2: And so and so but but, but what what about. Um, you know, you create this trust, right? Because this is a lot of game. I hope y'all taking notes. I hope y'all rewinding it. I hope you listen. I I hope y'all taking, y'all picking up what he's putting down. And so now somebody does that. They create the trust. Once, you know, whoever created the trust passes away. Somebody who's now controlling the trust says, you know what? Now I want to change this up. Can they do that?
1: No, they can't do that. Mm. The trust, the the key important part about this is the trustee, Mm. right? The trustee has to dictate the rules. You dictate what happens in the trust, but the trustee follows the rules. So, yeah. so important to have the right trustee, uh-huh. right? Now, people would say, oh, well, you know what? If this much money goes into the trust, uh-huh. like you just mentioned, the trustee is responsible for that. Yeah, but the trustee only has control of what's being said in the trust. Uh-huh. So once you put once you put a million dollars, let's say or half a million dollars into your trust and you place this in there. 100% must go to everybody in the trust. Right. Let me break that down. If your, your spouse and your kids is in there, they get $500,000 of what you put in there. That's all of it. Mm. But the stipulation says they only could get 30% of the $500,000. Mm. It's your trustee job. To only give them thirty percent, got it,
2: got it, they got
1: can't it, get it, everything. Got it, got it, and now the trustee dictates the rest of the rest of the plan, where this goes into there, yeah. right? But when putting the house in your name, which I'm going to jump to, you're the trustee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you die, you must have another trustee in place, mm. and as you pass away, that trustee is always another trustee behind that to follow the rules to the letter, rules to the letter. Yeah. And what makes the trust even more powerful? Imagine if every child you have was to open up a trust for their children. Wow. Now, each child is getting paid a trust twice, twice. the next yeah. generation three times. Oh. This is how the trust works out. And this is something we can do. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. new. Yeah. Real estate, we're getting in on the tail end of this. Yeah. What are you doing with the cash flow? Mm. Like, we have to move to that next phase yeah. of educating ourselves to do the next powerful thing. Yeah. We're in this game now thinking, oh, I'm doing a great... You are doing a good thing in real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are you really doing something that's going to really impact the next generations down if you're into legacy wealth yeah, building? Yeah, yeah. That one property's not going to do it. Yeah. It's these things like the crypto, the NFT, learning about the conversations about the metaverse, understanding money won't be money yeah. the way it is anymore. Me and you talk about five. I'd be like, yo, my man, he came over. He brought five million dollars. Mm-hmm. You think it's five million dollars in a bag. Yeah. But if I say, yo, my man came over, and showed me five million dollars. A younger person is going to go. He showed me five million dollars on his phone. Mm-hmm. He's showing yeah. you digitally five right. million dollars. Right. That's why they're going to be more powerful investors than us, because yes. yeah. they can transfer money and won't even think twice yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I just sent them a million dollars to yeah, invest. Yeah. You say I'm sending somebody a million dollars, you be like, yo, I gotta meet him, bro. Right. I don't know him Fact, like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying
1: it's the power yeah, of investment, man. Right, huh?
2: right, right, right. Man, I I I love I love this conversation because it's really important to really break the paradigm of, you know, what, you know, what we, you know, we we look at as wealth, what we think about as wealth, and you know, you know, how we view wealth. So I appreciate that. And so, you know, make sure. You know everybody who's watching this episode. We're gonna talk because I know you got a program, um, and so we'll, we'll we'll talk. You know, give people the information on how to get the program uh, later on. But I want to switch gears a little bit. You know, as somebody who uh, you know made a lot of money, have a lot of money. Um, what would you say is the uh, most extravagant thing you've done with money so far?
1: Wow, bro, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say nothing.
2: Oh.
1: Like I do. I do the normal things. Yeah. When I say normal things, like, I have a new vehicle, Yeah. yeah. a newer vehicle, Yeah. you know, but it's least through my business. Yeah, 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 You know, so cats be like, yo, you got this this, this range. Yeah yeah, 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 but it's through the business. Yeah. They be like, yeah, you you know, the house or whatever the case, yeah, I'm gonna make sure it's profitable through the business. Yeah. You know, because I've learned that, do we think Jeff Bezos has his cars and his cars in his name? Mm. Do we think Jeff Bezos' boat or or Jay's, his cars is in his name. He's a business write-off. So when you change your thinking process about everything, you're gonna become a more successful businessman because now it's not emotional. Mm -hmm. I have friends that buy all these extravagant vehicles and do all this stuff and I go, yo, you you did that through your business, right? Nah, I wanted to treat myself, bro. I deserve that, bro. I earned that. How about like you did, but earn it wisely Mm -hmm. though because it's depreciating. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give me gold and all that things. It's going to appreciate it. It's good value. But as far as regular assets, you have to break that chain of thought and that cycle. Anything that you're doing that's going to lose value, buy it in a way where it's going to make sense. Mm. So I really don't do anything extra. I might want to take a trip here and there. But my objective, like, as you know, is to to educate people. Like my passion for educating and telling people about Real estate yeah. is a great, it's a great introductory. It's a great gateway. Mm-hmm. A, but learn how to do your business. Learn the three must-have structures. Learn about living trust. Because mm-hmm. when, gen- when your kids see you doing this, guess what they're going to they gonna tell their kids? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I grew up, my, my, my parents had this, and yeah. I was I had a trust, and yeah. my dad always did this, and my dad invested in that, because yeah. that's the conversations we need to have. Yeah. The reason why it's so impactful, like I tell people, is a difference between, yo, I'm doing good there's a difference between we doing great, mm. and then there's a way difference when you hear about a family, and you're going, they're well off. Mm. See the power of that? Mm. Yo, how you, how you, yo, we good. good. Yeah, now how's it? Nah, we great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, how's that family? Yo, they well off. Mm. Where are you at? Where do you want to be? Yeah. When you hear the name Rockefellers oh. and Rothschilds and all this, like Gucci, oh. Fendi, all these big, yeah. it's like, what, you think you can't be there? Mm. They well off. Yeah. Why you can't be well off? Yeah. Why do you just want to be good? Mm. Or why great? Mm. That's fine. But when you start, I always say this too, bro, when you start thinking about the generations of the kids you can't see, mm. you respond different, man. When I start thinking about them, my response time was much quicker and much better. Mm. Because it wasn't about me. So when people go, yo, man, I'm not really worried about that kind of thinking now mm. because it's about my money, I'm gonna get bread, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, mm. But if you get if you amassed $5, $10, 20000000 million and you're yeah. thinking about yourself, you could have stopped that $5 because mm. you're not going to spend all that money. Mm. So now who are you leaving it to? Mm. How are you leaving this to the people coming after you? Yeah. Generation, uh, wealth is lost in the first two generations. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend that was an investor. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, 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 a um, secondhand, third relationship yeah. of a friend. Yeah. He had real estate. He died. His kids sold all his properties off mm. for pennies of the dollar. Wow. Ripped my heart out. Wow. He had properties worth 300, 600,000, 700,000, they were selling them for 100, wow. 200, 400. You know why? Cuz the assumption is that mm. your kids want to be landlords. Mm. Now if he would have just said, "You know what? I'm going to have a trust mm. that when I pass away, I'm going to sell mm. all of my assets, convert that into money, give my kids 50% of that, the other 50 goes into the trust." The yeah. structure I broke down yeah. it's different. Wow. Now what are the kids going to do? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. So what are you doing this for? Mm.
2: And then to, to, to that vein, what has been uh, the most impactful thing you would say you've done with money?
1: Impactful thing that I've done with money? Yeah. Donate, mm. buy things, yeah. take care of people. Yeah. That, you know, when I, see, what I don't like to do is give money away. Mm. I'd rather give you education, yeah. but I, I, I give money to people that are in a situation where I know it, they need it for the moment, yeah. and maybe we got have a discussion later about yeah. things. It's sort of like when Malcolm X went to prison, in that movie Malcolm X, Spike Lee joint. When Malcolm went to prison, he couldn't hear nothing until homeboy gave him some drugs. Mm. Like He was fiending. He said, look, I'm gonna give you this so you can hear me. Mm. He gave him that little hit, then he, oh, he calmed down, and he's like, now I'm gonna tell you. Islam. He started educating them, you know what I mean? So that's what I wanna do. I, like, I try to give people a little something just to get them out of that that awkward spot so they can have a, a, a serious conversation about what they need to do. Mm. My belief is this. You can't run around trying to save people. Mm. You can't, I repeat. Yeah. You cannot run around trying to save people. Yeah. Some people's lives are meant to be examples of what you shouldn't do. Ooh. Some lives are meant to crash, mm. burn, mm. self-destruct, and be destroyed. You know why? Because that one sacrifice would change the ideology and impression of 20 more people wow, around them. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. We run around here trying to save one person. Uh, and that person will show you over and over again why their destiny has been called where they can't be saved. Yeah. Now, what do you call the person who keep trying to save that person? Uh, they, see, this is their problem. Now they're trying to save everyone. Not just that person, they have a track record. Now what's happening to that person who's trying to be the savior? Mm. They will never live up to the full accomplishment of what their life should be Mm. because now they're trying to save people. So now you have two people caught in a dilemma. Mm. Now you have people like us Mm. who realize and go, you know what, this was destiny. I need to go out here and become an example Mm. for the 20 people Mm. who watched him crash and burn to go, I want to be like Storm. See what I mean? That's
2: the equation there. Facts, facts. Nah, love it, love it, love it. All right, cool. We're gonna do a speed round real quick. Um, and so, uh, what we do inside the vault, we'll take uh, three terms, and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll flip them for, for here inside the vault. So, term number one, yes. uh, deposit slip. Right, deposit slip. Uh, you take, you know, you you got the piece of paper. You take it to the bank. You fill it out. You put money inside the bank. For us, a deposit slip. Uh, is a, a a mistake, right? A money mistake, a, a slip up. What would you say has been your biggest deposit slip in your journey so far?
1: Um, by not following what my mentor told me to do. Uh-huh. By by getting involved in a real estate play that I knew my mentor said don't get involved with that uh-huh. because you're gonna lose money. Yeah. But all I saw, I was working forward uh-huh. and not working back. Yeah and it costs me money. Yeah. So I always tell people, just like in the dictionary, the word mentor comes before money. Oh. Get
2: yourself one. Oh, that's a big bar. Listen to your mentor. Big bar, big bar. All right, term number two, charge off, right? You borrow money from the bank. Uh, the bank uh, tries to get the money back. You don't repay it. They keep asking, they keep asking for uh, At some point, they're like, you know what? We're going to charge this off. Here inside the vault, um, a charge off is what type of people or mindsets did you have the charge off while on your journey to success?
1: Friends. Mm. You have to, when I say friends, it's not like you're getting rid of them forever out your life. Yeah. You just need to move out of that circle and to a like-minded circle mm. because I, I gave you an example of beginning when I go, went to look at this property back in the early nineties, yeah. I took two of my friends with me, two people with me and they didn't see the vision and I missed out on that. Mm. 'Cause they didn't see it. So you gotta learn to say, you know what, if I wanna be, if I wanna be a painter, I have to get from around someone that's trying to be a contract a construction. Okay. I, if I wanna be an electrician, I have to get away from somebody that's trying to be a writer. Mm. Like you gotta get in that same circle of like minded people yeah. that can see your vision. So you, you have to just I had to write that off, mm. but they still there and they still friends. Yeah. But friends, you can never expect your friends to become business partners. Mm. Or, or to sign off on what you're doing yeah because you didn't meet them under the pretenses of your investment yeah yeah you yeah. met them as friends yeah yeah, know what yeah I mean yeah, so that, yeah. that's one
2: thing for me No I love it last but not least ATM ATM you put the card in you put your pin number in you say yo I, I need I need some money. give me some money here inside the vault ATM. Another teachable moment. You've been dropping gems after gems after gems, and we need some more. So give us one more, one more thing you wanna leave the, leave the audience with. Another teachable moment.
1: Oh man, teachable moment. I normally have so many lines that I have in my head from teaching. Okay, here's one. When you watch movies and you see people, here's a good example too, we were in the vault in the bank. Yes, when you watching movies and you see guys going to go rob a bank, you don't, you see them go take the bundles of money off the shelf, you don't see them running back to get the money that's falling off the floor. Look at your investments in out of state and real estate, don't worry about the little money that you gotta pay 1% here, management fees 10%. That's the money falling on the floor. You went in there to rob that bank, go get that bundle, get out of there and go find another bank. Anyone who went back to go get the money on the floor you got caught, captured, or killed. We don't worry about the money
2: falling on the floor. We came in here for the bundles on the shelf. Big bar, Storm Leroy came here. He did not come to play. He is going to teach you how to make money from real estate, how to build wealth for generations and generations and generations. Uh, if people wanted to find you, like, connect with you, take your program, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at Instagram. I am Storm Leroy. Um, you can go to my movement, ASK, this, this apparel, this thing I'm wearing here. The mission is bigger than the man. ASK stands for Always Seek Knowledge. This is something that's been a, um, really a mission for me. And I wanted to be able to educate the people. So you can go to AskTheMovement.com to find out more about me and a lot of things I place there and uh, books I've written about, Take Your House Out Your Name, and other stuff like that. So those two places. All right, my guy.
2: Hey, yo, I appreciate you, brother, as always, yo. Listen. Another powerful episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Inside the Vault. Follow me, Ash Cash, at I am Ash Cash on all social media platforms. I'm going to see you next time. We're going to keep bringing you heat after heat after heat. I'll see you next time, same time, same place, in God's will. All right, y'all. Peace. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah You won't ask cash, you can catch it right right here in the ball